0: Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156.
1: Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, Bully Rank. And I break down Monday Night Raw from last night. A good Monday Night Raw as we get closer to the Royal Rumble on Sunday. Also, we dive in to Alexa Bliss, Asuka, and Randy Orton, and especially Charlotte Flair and that story with Lacey Evans and, more importantly, her father, Ric Flair. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Uh, I actually enjoyed
2: Raw. There were uh, hits and misses but for the most part i enjoyed the show and while was, as i'm watching it dave I'm, I'm really trying to think about what the wwe is trying to do right now what they've tried to to have been trying to do over the past couple of months or since the pandemic started and a lot of times we come on the show and we talk about how things just don't make sense and and when it doesn't make sense it doesn't necessarily have to be that show it's just that there's no continuity it's not fluid from show to show the stories don't continue the way we like them to continue or we're used to seeing in the past What we see on Monday nights and what we see on Friday nights with Raw and SmackDown is weekly programming. Here's what you're getting this week. Some of it will tie into what you saw the week before. Some of it might carry over into the next week. But for the most part, it is what it is. Here's what we're giving you. You either like it or you're going to hate it. And as a company, the WWE is going to move on. It's programming. And that's all that it is. It's an isolated show. It's an isolated block of three hours for your entertainment. And whether or not you're entertained or not, that's up to you.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like with, with SmackDown on Friday nights, Bully, that it's a must-watch every Friday night because there's a continuing story going back to what you just said. There seems to be a continuing thread. Like, you can't miss an episode because you're going to see another piece of that story. When it comes to Raw, and maybe it's because of the small amount of people it seems that are a part of that show, Bully, uh, it, it feels like a lot of what we see, we've almost seen it before. Like, I, I think with Monday Night Raw, it's not a necessity to watch every single Monday night. Like, you you could actually miss a couple episodes of Raw and then still kind of catch on to the story leading to the next pay-per-view. And this one happened to be a big one with the Royal Rumble. And I think you're right. I think it's like almost stand-along where it's like, you know what? We're going we're gonna to give you three hours of programming it. Some of it you like. Some of it you won't like. It's like we always say, kind of like a variety show, like we're throwing a lot at you, so kind of pick and choose what you like over the course of the next three hours, and like I said at the beginning, I think there was a lot more to like than dislike from the show last night, because let's face it, important show, last show, before we get to the Royal, which is the road to WrestleMania 37. I think I'd like to start off talking about the very
2: first segment, which was uh, Drew and Goldberg. Overall, how did you feel about that? Pretty, pretty much brief interaction between Drew and Goldberg, and what they did with the Miz and Morrison.
1: Well, and there's two sides to what you just said because the first is the interaction with with Drew and Goldberg, and I actually really liked it. Um, I I, I like the face to face. I like their interaction. Uh, The one thing that I thought was an unnecessary distraction was Miz and Morrison and, and bully we've praised Miz a hell of a lot more than we have it here on busted open throughout the course of time. I wasn't a big fan of the Miz on the outset early on, but man, did he make me a fan? What we're seeing now from the Miz is very reminiscent of what we saw from the Miz nine or 10 years ago. Um, and this teaming with, with John Morrison, to me, is not working. I did not like them at all in that segment. I got to be honest, I don't like them much at all over the last, you know, six months. Uh, but I do like what I saw between Drew McIntyre and Goldberg. And I'm actually looking forward to what's going to happen in their match come Sunday.
2: As a fan, Miz and Morrison come off as annoying to me. Um I am a fan of both of them individually, but together, not so much. Um, Last night, I thought Morrison had a really strong match against Sheamus. Yes. Those those boys were laying some leather. Um, When it comes to The Miz, I've said it from day one, a fan of him, his mic work, his in-ring work, everything about The Miz when he's on his own. Uh, The interaction with Goldberg and Drew, was they did what they had to do. In my opinion, if there was ever a night to give the people a surprise and do something very typical of the WWE, I would have had Goldberg and Drew versus Miz and Morrison. Wow, so you would have gone into the tag match without a doubt and we're sick and tired of seeing guys that are supposed to face each other having to tag with one another but wouldn't you have been shocked last night if that's what
1: you've got i would have been shocked but at the same time it almost feels like we see that each and every time when there's a big match going to a pay-per-view but
2: last night it would have made sense because you would not have seen it coming most of the times you, you know it's gonna happen oh this is where they put the two enemies with each other because they have to fight the common bad guy in the Miz and Morrison we see that but last night they worked together to beat up Miz and Morrison to a you know to a degree they build them both in the ring and then we saw the spear if if Adam Pierce would have come out and said you guys are having a match tonight and it, and it's going to and, and it happens in uh 45 minutes and you would have got that at the top of the hour people would have stuck around to seeing that tag match now yeah people will go on social media and bitch Monica and complain and say nah, I'm not watching that match bull crap yes you were that would have kept people invested and viewed and the tag match could have been extre- an extremely simple squash but it would have given you something to stick around for so I would have liked to have seen that tag match last night. Now we get a Goldberg entrance on Raw and and, and Bill and Drew standing next to each other, maybe just looking never taking their eyes off of one another, going in there, spear, Claymore, boom, one, two, three.
1: Maybe they want to save Goldberg until that match on Sunday. Maybe they just kinda of wanna don't don't want to show, you know, what he can do in the ring until we get to the rumble on Sunday. Is that a possibility? Of course, but
2: I'm not saying that they should have done any more than what they did in that it, beatdown. Okay. All right, uh, it, I, I'm I'm smoke and mirroring the whole segment, okay. so you can get another. Se- so you can now you can promote. Wow, for the first time ever, Goldberg and Drew McIntyre will be teaming later on tonight against the Miz and Morrison. Now you get a Goldberg entrance. Now you get the bell ringing. Now you get S-
1: Spear Claymore one two three. And you know what? If you go on that route, like to have people stick around, because the main event from what we saw last night with Alexa Bliss and Oscar, we just saw last week. Like, and we'll get into that match because you know I, I'm I'm not going to say it was bad by any stretch of the imagination, but so many elements of what we saw we saw the week before. But we'll get into that in a little bit. But when you talk about McIntyre and Goldberg, I they did enough for me to be for have me interested. In their match. Now, I got to be honest with you, Bully, and a lot of people are nervous about that match because of the Goldberg aspect. Could he beat Drew? Could he be champion? At this point, I think I'm more worried about the Miz and Morrison and their involvement in this match. They're always there um, and they're pests. And I understand that they're heels and you're not supposed to like them. And this is something that I don't normally say. Because this is something that we got into with the Corbin conversation uh, uh, over a year ago, where people say, oh, it's go away. He makes me want to turn off my TV. And I always argued like, hey, that's a heel. You're supposed to hate him. Man, it's different with Miz and Morrison. They feel out of place. And even on that show last night, to be there when the big boys are playing like Goldberg and McIntyre, and then Miz has that briefcase, it seems out of place. And even though it was a good match with Morrison and Sheamus that turned into a handicap match, again, unnecessary. I, I really don't know right now what the WWE sees in that pairing between those two. Um, they find it entertaining. Maybe Vince
2: finds it entertaining. It's um, shtick. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it's corny funny. I don't know. Who I, I have no idea. As a fan, I'm telling you, the stuff that they do, I don't like. As a professional, I'm a fan of both guys for individual reasons. When those guys are on their own, I'm a fan of, like, last night, as I said, I enjoyed the match between Sheamus and Morrison. I'm not really concerned with them Miz and Morrison. I'm concerned about something that I said uh, about a week or so ago. I'm concerned about Goldberg. Uh... Maybe two weeks ago, I said, if this match is booked the right way, I think you can get eight to ten minutes out of Goldberg and Drew McIntyre. They've never fought each other before. They've never worked with each other before. You just play the hits. You fill in some in-between stuff, some punching, some kicking, some aggressiveness, some stiff clotheslines, some good uh, vertical suplexes, whatever, easy stuff both the guys can do. And then they and then they hit their big moves, a couple of false finishes, and then you go home. If the right producer is putting that match together, a la Michael Hayes, who knows what the hell he's doing, um, you get eight to ten minutes. Last night, I felt like I saw Bill breathing heavy after one spear. Now, I don't know, Dave, did you see him
1: when he was walking up the ramp? I didn't notice it until you, you just brought it to my attention, um... I thought the spear was great. I thought it looked great, and kudos to, to The Miz for selling the hell out of that spear. I didn't see that he was blown up. I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't paying enough attention, but if you're bringing that up now as a concern, I can completely understand where you're going with it. I'm just saying what it looked like, and I, and I, and
2: I kind of I rewound Bill's spear mm-hmm. two or three times. Okay. After Bill hit that spear... I felt like it looked like he came up a little slow and a bit out of it. And I'm wondering if Bill, when he does his own spear, he keeps his head down so low that he almost kind of knocks himself out at times, which he has been known to do. Which, you know, we go back to the match with the under, uh, Undertaker and Saudi. And if you go back and watch right now, because I see you rewinding your yep. TV there for all our listeners at home. If you go back and you watch his spear, watch how his head is down. It almost looks like the Miz catches him in a DDT on the way down. Now, if you're coming in with that impact that Goldberg comes in at and your head is down, you might be spiking yourself and knocking yourself a little loopy at times. That's what I thought I saw last night. I could it, be completely wrong, but when he's when he gets up, if you look at... I know he had his back to the camera, and his hood, hood came hood up over up, his yeah. head. But when he turns around and he looks at Drew, he says something, he looks a little out of it. And when he's walking up the ramp, he's breathing a tiny bit heavy, and he looked a little out of it. I have faith in Bill. I really do. He's in great shape. He's an athlete. I think Bill's biggest thing is Bill gets in his own head and works himself up so much that he blows himself up mentally at times, not physically, mentally and mentally blowing yourself up is worse because you just become so you black out in your head and then you just kind of forget everything.
1: It's kind of it's not funny, but like I think there's a lot to what you're saying, watching it back. You don't really catch it the first time, but when they show the replay in slow motion, you got to really kind of pay attention because the camera goes to Drew, but you see Goldberg in the back. So he gives him that spear, and it looks like he does hit his head on the mat when he gives the Miz that spear. He gets up, and he's looking down, and he's kind of doing that fast blink, you know? Yep. Now, Now, that could be that he's phased from hitting his head on the mat, or that could be the guy sweats like a madman, and maybe it's the sweat in his eyes, because I think that goes back to that he really does psych himself up to a point. Like, he's, you know, for that short amount of time in the ring, he is sweating profusely all over. So I'm wondering if that has something to do with it. But I'm going now to look at what he looks like going up. And he does kind of look a little blown up walking up that entrance ramp. He kind of looks like he's catching his breath. He's walking up there kind of slow. It's it's, it's interesting, because, and I'm glad you brought this up, because I think a lot of people are chattering, especially lately as we get in closer and closer, that a lot of people believe that this might be a quick match. Going back to Drew's promo from last week, you know? So I'm wondering, Bully, if this could be a case where it's just a a two-minute match between Goldberg and Drew. And by the way, two-minute match going either way. Because you look at, like the Goldberg matches that we've seen lately, probably the longest match that he's had was the match with The Undertaker and Saudi and then going back to WrestleMania 33 with Brock Lesnar because most of his other matches are really quick matches. Now he's been gone for a little bit. It's been a year since we've seen Goldberg. Uh, I'm wondering what kind of match we're going to see at the Rumble. But I think more to your point, this guy, and this is going back even to his WCW days, He does everything 1,000%. I don't think this guy knows how how to let up when it comes to anything that he does inside that ring. So you said about maybe sometimes he gets into his own head, but this is a guy that goes full-blown with even just one spear. He's going to do it 110%. So he he does put everything into it. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens on Sunday. We've heard stories
2: of Goldberg, you know, getting himself all pumped up and amped up and, you know, banging his head into the door, you know, knocking himself a little loopy. Yep, Bill does work himself up into such a frenzy that... In my opinion, sometimes it's not healthy for you in the ring. And I don't mean healthy for like your heart. I'm talking healthy for your brain because there's two ways you blow up in a wrestling ring. You can blow up in your lungs because you're just out of shape, whether that's actual real life shape or ring shape. And being in ring shape is more important than being in shape. Um, and you could also blow up in your mind, and blowing up in your mind is the worst place because you psych yourself up so much that you either forget or you lose your place and you just black out. And when you black out in a wrestling ring, you're done, and you're done in an instant. And it takes years and years and years of of this happening to you to finally be able to combat it really quickly. That's what I th- thought I saw happen to Bill last night. He worked himself up in that spear. He might have knocked himself a little loopy. Like I said, I might be wrong. That's what I saw, and that's what has me a bit concerned about the match. Drew has gone on record now over the past two weeks to almost guarantee victory. He hasn't said, I guarantee victory, but he's saying enough where I'm saying to myself, Drew can't lose.
1: Yeah. And going back to the, like you said, getting in your own head, go back to that match that he had with The Undertaker and he Also, too... He wasn't in his own head in that match. He
2: was nice. He was calm, cool, and collected. What he did in that match is when he went into the buckle, his head was down. If you watch Bill's head when he misses The Undertaker in Saudi, and you watch Bill's head last night, it's in the same position. Head down. And in wrestling, you never want your head down. You never want to lead with your head. As I teach my students at the Team 3D Academy, the head will follow the eyes and the body will follow the head. And in wrestling, when you're in a downward trajectory, what's the first thing that's going to hit the mat if your head is down? The top of your head which you do not want because it starts at the top of your head and then it resonates into your neck and then it goes into your spine. You always want your head up just like you're tackling on the field.
1: Yeah, you got to have your head up. You got to be able to see what you're doing and and going back and watching. His head was definitely down. Eyes were not on the ball. It's going to be interesting to see what, what happens on Sunday. This is a guy, Bully, and I'm sure there might be somebody to prove me wrong. He's in his entire career. He's never had a match that's gone over fifteen minutes ever in his career. So, like all these people are saying, you know how much time? I, I think you're going to have to go back to like oh two oh three again with that match with Triple H, where it was like around the fourteen minute mark. That's the longest match this guy's had in his entire career. And now we are in 2021, so don't expect any kind of match that goes over maybe eight minutes tops, bully. Tops, eight minutes.
2: Dave, let me ask you a question. Uh, who looks better physically, me or Bill Goldberg? Bill Goldberg. How come I could get in a ring right now? And I haven't wrestled since February. How come I can get in a ring right now and go eight to ten minutes, no problem?
1: I mean, you, more experience in the ring? You've, you, you've spent more time in the ring? But it doesn't matter. He's in, better, he's in better shape. There's no
2: reason why Bill can't go eight to ten minutes. I I don't believe it any anything any anybody who tells me anything less than that I I would seriously doubt or need to have a discussion with if you have a guy that you have enough confidence in uh, at 50 some odd years old and looks the way he does to get in that ring you let him know ahead of time I need eight minutes out of you that's the condition that you need to be in I, I don't know why he couldn't go that much And when we start making excuses for guys in his position coming in every once in a while to work a couple of minutes for big money, when we start making excuses for that, that's where I start to take the side of the full-time employee and go, no, 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 fuck that, get him out of here. Because if you come in once in a blue moon, for big money in a big spot in a main event, and you can't go eight to ten? Come on, no, no way. That's where I. That's where I jump on the uh, the other side's bandwagon, and I'm like, no, nah, you don't deserve your spot. You don't belong here. You're taking it from somebody else. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, I, if, yeah. If he if he can come in and he can get can Cena do it right now? I would think Cena could do it. Yes. She, Cena go twenty twenty five yeah. without without breaking a sweat. That's what that's what I mean. So I don't think uh, going eight to ten is asking much of the guy. But if it it's, if it's two or three minutes, I got to tell you. As a fan, I'm underwhelmed.
3: Hey everyone, this is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from Sirius XM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions, and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app. Andora and apple Podcasts. the
1: best stories in pro wrestling often mirror real life and the story is pretty damn real love it so far in regards to charlotte and rick and i could not agree more bully because just listen to the wording of what charlotte said and just look at rick flair one two things that we do know about rick flair And about the Charlotte relationship with Ric Flair is that obviously Charlotte had a up and down childhood because of the fact that Ric Flair, her father, wasn't around much, really needed that attention of the fans and the life outside of the ring. We know this. It's been it's been chronicled. And we also know about Ric Flair that he really feeds on the attention of the wrestling fan and being in the spotlight. He needs that. He's the guy that was supposed to retire at WrestleMania 24, but yet came back to wrestling and wrestled in TNA because he could not be away. Knowing those stories, that segment from last night really hit home, as you said in your tweet last night, Bully. And in my tweet
2: last night, and as I've been saying from day one, the story that I'm enjoying is the story of Ric Flair and Charlotte Flair. Yes, Lacey Evans is a part of it, and she is the conduit in the story, but it's more about Ric and Charlotte. So many people were tweeting me last night after I sent out my tweet. They're like, I can't buy into it because I know Lacey's married with children. I'm not talking about the Lacey part. I'm talking about the interaction with Rick Flair and Charlotte Flair. I know Lacey is married. I know Lacey has children. But everything that I have seen so far with Lacey and Rick has been a question of perception. Versus reality, the perception is that Lacey and Rick are having a fling, right? Mm-hmm. What have you seen
1: so far that would let you believe they're having a fling? Well, just the way that Lacey's all over Rick. But I, I, I have another, I have another take on this too. But, but, but
2: the, wait, the you, the reality is: last night when Rick and Lacey were all over each other, what were they doing? What do you mean? Last night, when Rick and Lacey were touching each other and, quote unquote, all over each other, what were they doing? but
1: just that i mean they were kind of just like you know talking they were working talk. on wrestling holds well that's true she was putting out like and she was asking what do i do here he she was asking for the advice of rick what do i do in this instance? how do i, I do reverse that? the hammer yeah. lock how do i reverse
2: the waist lock so when you see it the perception is oh look at this what's going on they have their hands all over each other Lacey, from the beginning is like i'm just getting tips from the dirtiest player in the game How do you reverse a hammerlock? How do you do this? How do you do that? And then Charlotte walks in. (gasps) So, so far, everything's been on the up and
1: up, but the perception is it's not. So what's your take? And and, and here's the thing, and there's a lot here. And this is why this is a great storyline, Bully. First of all, you know, we just talked about the real life scenario between father and daughter, which is compelling unto itself. But like a lot of people are going to social media about, well, you know, Ric Flair is in his seventies, and Lacey Evans is thirty years old. This is disgusting. This is sick. Listen, this, this is happens Ric- every day. But not only that, it's but but look at what's happening. Lacey Evans is using Ric Flair. Lacey is clearly using Ric, and Ric is a guy that's used to getting young ladies' attention. But now you know what? He's in his seventies. That's not happening anymore. And he's craving that attention from somebody. He just said it. He said it to his own daughter. Oh, you think you're such a big star. But there's still a place for me in this dressing. There's still a place for me in this company. This is a guy who is past his prime. This is a guy who's up there in age. This is a guy who's in his 70s. But he's still craving things that was happening to him 35 years ago, and he can't let go. And now he's getting a little attention from somebody who's 30 years old, and you want to know something? He's craving it so much that he turned his back on his own daughter. He turned his back on his daughter. He wanted to help Charlotte at the end of that segment, but what happened? As soon as Lacey saw him give just a little attention to his daughter, she started the whole flirtation Oh, the way he started, Rick, Rick, how, how do you woo? Yeah, do you go like, woo, like, and all of a sudden you just saw Rick take the attention from his daughter and put it on the 30-year-old. People, let's look at the story that's taking place here, please. This is not, this is not a 71-year-old Ric Flair that's flirting and, and having some kind of an affair with Lacey Evans. You're blind if you think that's happening on Monday Night Raw each week. It's completely the opposite. It's a 30-year-old woman taking advantage of Charlotte Flair's father. How, how do people not see? They're so blind by trying to jump on something that they're really not analyzing what's actually taking place on TV. Ding, ding, ding. Circle gets a square. Johnny, tell him what he's won. It's disgusting. (laughs) People think it's disgusting. It's actually disgusting the way that people are looking at this storyline. Completely. Remember when Anna Nicole Smith,
2: a 25-year-old playboy playmate, married the 90-year-old millionaire Texas tycoon? Yep. That's, That's what's going on here. Lacey Evans is trying to take advantage of a situation, and Rick who hasn't been, hasn't had the attention of a young woman like Lacey Evans in a long, 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 long time is starting to feel like the 30 or 40-year-old Ric Flair again around this. Oh, look, she wants tips and pointers from Ric Flair. Everybody's running to Charlotte, running to Charlotte, running to Charlotte. Everybody used to run to me, Ric Flair. Now here's this young, beautiful woman who wants my advice. She wants me to teach her how to reverse a hammerlock. I'd be more than happy to help you, sweetheart. And look at the strife it's causing between Rick and Charlotte. And for everybody who chimed in on social media last night, uh, uh, last week, I said, well, what has Charlotte ever done promo-wise that resonated? I'll give you last night as the example, because Charlotte was perfect last night. Her tone, her inflection, her eye contact with her father, she seemed disgusted with her father last night. I was waiting for her to say, I'm embarrassed that I came out of you. She is playing this perfectly. You know why? Because it's real. Yep. I lived all those real-life stories with Charlotte and, and, and Rick. I was sitting next to them when Rick was telling the stories, and Charlotte would get bothered by Daddy telling the stories in front of her. This is as close to real life as it gets, people, and it's working. But as you said, Dave, there are people who are just going to hate it for the sake of hating it because Charlotte's involved. And because they're looking at it the wrong way. Rick is not chasing, chasing uh, Lacey. Lacey's chasing Rick. And what 70-year-old man is not going to pay attention To a Lacey Evans.
1: And in Lacey Evans, extremely attractive. She sees the potential of Lacey Evans in the ring. She's taking advantage of the situation. Now, I get it, Bully, and sometimes it's hard for me to grasp as an old school fan. We know Lacey Evans is married and has a child. We know that Rick is married as well. Uh, Unfortunately, in this day and age, Bully, and we're, we're learning that, you know, when it comes to the world of pro wrestling, in a lot of ways, we gotta let that. In a lot of ways, we just have to let that go. But
2: it, that uh, goes on every day in real life. A married woman gets flirt- a little flirtatious with a married man, and things happen. This happens across the the world every single day. I'm not saying that Lacey Evans, the married woman and mother, is trying to sleep with Ric Flair, the married man, but she's cozying up to him. Trying to get some tips on how to reverse a hammerlock. Maybe get a Rolex and a robe. Who knows? What can I get out of this man? She's leading him on.
1: No doubt. No doubt. How and often? How often do we see that in real life? All the time. All the time. And and, and and I think everybody has an example of that happening to them for crying out loud. Gabby. Is Gabby around? What's
2: your, yes, take mm-hmm. on the, uh, what's your take on this story so far?
3: I love it because I see it even more so through the eyes of Lacey's doing it to get under Charlotte's skin. That's what it really is all about, you know? So, like, as a female, it's like, what's the one thing you have over me? And we want to talk about why Charlotte's good. Everyone says, oh, it's because of her dad, whatever. Take her dad from her and the one who taught her everything to make her great. And now he wants you to win and he's on your side. Lacey just took her her biggest reinforcement, like her biggest ally. So, And she's taking tips from it. So in the end, Lacey's the one benefiting 1,000%, causing strife. And the stress that it's causing on Charlotte, I guarantee, is going to have an effect on her in the ring with Lacey. And that's how she's seeing it, too.
1: And G- Gabby makes a good point because she used the word stress, bully. And the fact that, like, think about it. Charlotte was second to Rick her entire life because Ric Flair he was married to pro wrestling. So that meant more to him than anything else. Then Charlotte follows in his footsteps, becomes a wrestler, becomes, you know, one of the best of her generations, and now they're working in the same company together, and she still doesn't have her father's attention. So after so after that that childhood where she wasn't getting the attention, then she goes and, you know, does as well As her old man, she's still not getting the attention from the father that she thought she'd get. And I love the fact that that she said to Rick, you know, you were a legend and now you're just an old man because now you're getting taken advantage just like any other 71-year-old man would get taken advantage of. And notice what word was
2: left out, because they don't want you to think this. What, when you're referring to the old man who's hanging out with the young girl, what word do you normally throw in there? Like sugar daddy? The dirty old man. Uh, dirty old man. She didn't say you're acting like a dirty old man. He's really not doing anything dirty. But he might be teaching some of his dirtiest player in the game tricks to Lacey Evans.
1: It's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic story. Even to the it's story a, like the... And we know, but Bully, here's where, like, if you're a diehard Ric Flair fan like me, that it really resonates. Because what do you hear about? The bar tabs. You know, like, buying drinks for everybody. Because Charlotte said it there. You had all this money, but you didn't spend it on me. You spent it on everybody else but your own family. And then to hear
2: her say this was cute when I was younger. It's like, I'm a woman now. This is not cute anymore. This is stressful. Like Gabby said, this is depressing. This is not where you should be at your point in your life being taken advantage of. You should know better dad. Yeah. Tell me why this story is bad. We, we've we just given three separate. We've given the male point of view and the female point of view and to me all of those points made perfect sense tell me why you don't like it hey everyone
3: this is lisa Ann, and i'm here to tell you about my new podcast the lisa Ann experience this is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present including how i went from living in the fantasy world of adult films To talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me breathe through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app and Apple Podcasts. Edge knows
1: he still has gas in the tank, and he still has to step up to what happened to him last year. And listening to him, and by the way, he looks great. Edge, Edge looks Edge looks great, Bully. Um I want to see him back. I want to see what's going to happen at this year's Royal Rumble. I'm I got to be honest. They're setting this rumble up, Bully. I'm extremely excited for what's going to happen on Sunday. And a big reason why I'm excited is because of that promo from Edge last night. Money promo. Great job, yeah. Edge. As
2: as we've come to expect from him, I was talking about the the rumble. I know we were talking about at the beginning of the show about Drew. Just a real quick question, quick take, and then we move on. You know, we were making arguments why Drew should win or or Goldberg should win. Um, how many fans are we going to get in attendance at
1: WrestleMania this year? Approximately, uh, I'm I'm going to guess around twenty to twenty five thousand.
2: If you put the championship on Goldberg at the Rumble, and then Drew beats Goldberg at WrestleMania, does that give Drew the WrestleMania moment in front Uh, of people? I mean, it's 20,000, 25,000. I mean, do you wait around for, I mean, at at this point, next year is an eternity away. I know. know. The next WrestleMania. I mean, maybe that's a way to give Drew his WrestleMania moment in front of 20, 25,000 people.
1: Uh, yeah, why not? I, 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 it's, it's, it's as close as you're going to get, Bully. Like you said, you, I, the, the waiting game, we've talked about this for months, the way, you can't have the waiting game. You, you got to proceed. You can't say, well, but by this time next year, well, a lot can happen between now and next year. So uh, you go with it. If you can have twenty five thousand fans in attendance at WrestleMania thirty seven, that's enough of an element. And and I got to be honest with you, I, I I think Drew is is the crowd will be behind Drew McIntyre. I I don't think they're going to be behind Goldberg. I really don't. I think this I, could be as, I think this could be as close of a WrestleMania moment as you can get. And then who knows what happens at WrestleMania thirty eight or WrestleMania thirty nine down the road really quick. And just to go back to Charlotte really quick. And I think this has a lot to do with outside of our world and, you know, a Tom Brady, you know, I worked with the NFL for 13 years. There was just a lot of hate for Tom Brady. And you know what? I understand the hate for a Tom Brady. If you're um, a Colts fan, you know, and he and his team beats you in the championship game. I understand if you're a Jets fan and, you know, or a Miami Dolphins fan and year after year the Patriots won the division, you would have a hate for Tom Brady. Um, you know, if you're a Packers fan right now, you probably have some hatred towards Tom Brady because the Bucks beat the Packers in the championship game. But I don't understand. At some point, at some point, Bully, you got to just say, we're seeing greatness. I, I- I, I got to see where this goes. Like, you know what? I'm not a Patriots fan or a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, but I got to be honest. This is history we're, we're seeing right now. Uh, I, you're either going to get at the Super Bowl, Tom Brady win another Super Bowl at the age of 43, where you got to come back and just say, dear God. Like, I'm sorry. I've been a football fan all my life, Bully. I, 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 I look at myself as, as an NFL historian. This is unlike anything we've ever seen. Ten Super Bowls? He's won six already? And he's got a chance to win a Super Bowl at the age of 43? So you're either going to get at the Super Bowl him win another Super Bowl or a passing of the torch to where I believe is the best quarterback in football right now, Patrick Mahomes. It's either going to be a a passing of the torch moment. That's just beautiful if you're a pure football fan, right? Right. Yes. If you're a pro wrestling fan and you're at the point now where you're grasping at straws, where you're bringing up storylines from 10 years ago, or maybe uh, like rushing to uh, what you think is going to be an end to this story, only, even though we're only three or four weeks in, I'm sorry, you're grasping at straws and it's greatness hate. I don't get it. I don't understand it. You got the year of 2020. If you're a Sasha Banks fan and you hated Charlotte because you're, I'm, a, I'm a diehard Sasha fan and I want her to, to, to get the recognition she deserves. Well, didn't she get that in 2020? Isn't she on another level right now, Sasha Banks? Didn't she just win Wrestler of the Year for the Busted Open Awards? Not, not Women's Wrestler of the Year, Wrestler of the Year. Hot take. Go ahead.
2: I think Sasha Banks is a great wrestler. Hot take. I think Charlotte Flair is a great wrestler. Holy shit. Hot take. I think Bailey is a great wrestler. Why can't I appreciate all three of them for different reasons and enjoy all three of them?
1: You can't. You can't, Bully. Come on, Why? Bully. You got to pick a side. You can't appreciate Sasha and like Sasha, but then also appreciate what Charlotte Flair is No, doing. I want to like you all three of no. them. You're telling no. me I'm not allowed to? No, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed, all right? You have to pick a side. How ridiculous does this conversation that we're having right now sound? Well, that's exactly what's taking place with the pro wrestling fan. It's exactly what's taking place. You have to pick a side. Oh, yeah. If, if I'm, a, you know, I'm a Becky fan, I think Becky's the best. And, oh, boy, Bully and Dave are talking about Charlotte in glowing terms. She's shit. She sucks. Really? Really? Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? That's exactly what I read on social media every single day. I want to yes. see Ric Flair walk away as a good dad. Wait, uh, wait, you ready for this tweet? You ready? Go ahead.
2: This one comes from a guy named Wayne. He says, I personally don't like how Ric Flair is being portrayed as a dirty old man. He deserves better. He should be portrayed as a legendary leader controlling the wrestling business by managing Jay White, and Adam Cole. Yes, you know
1: what, Wayne, you're hundred. Wayne, you're hundred percent right. What is the WWE thinking? They need to have Ric Flair as the as the master controller. I got it. <laughs> like, I, we're gonna send Ric to New Japan,
2: and he's going to manage Jay White. That's a great idea, boss. But uh, Jay White and New Japan have been having their problems. Rick can fix it. Send Lacey with him.
1: Uh, you know what? I think the WWE, because Wayne's right. I mean, Wayne knows what he's talking about. Let's get Jay White. Let's sign Jay White. Let's bring him to NXT, you know, become part of the Undisputed Era, and then have, and let's have Rick Flair on NXT and be the leader of the Undisputed Era on NXT. I mean, because he's a legendary wrestler, Bully. This is disrespectful. Come on, Wayne. I, 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 we know enough about Ric Flair that honestly what's going on on Monday Night Raw probably isn't that far <laughs> off. Re- I mean, you're getting true emotion from Charlotte. You're getting great promo work from Charlotte. Rick Flair is not going. I hate to tell you, Rick Flair is never going after the world championship again. Okay, that sh, that ship sailed decades ago. Oh, and by the way, of all these people saying, "Well, Lacey Evans," I I thought at the end of that at that end of that segment, Lacey Evans looked pretty damn strong to me. That Great right shot. that she gave yep. Charlotte amazing.
2: Great job. And and. And they, people talk about, well, well, Charlotte doesn't elevate anybody. She's going to elevate Lacey. Charlotte and Rick are elevating Lacey. But we want her to elevate Liv. Stop it, people. Stop it.
1: 877- this is what we
2: want. This yeah. is what we want. And we're not going to be happy until we get it.
1: Ugh. Let's see where this story Mutants. goes. Listen. Bully and I, seven weeks from now, might look back and say, boy, they had gold in this story uh, at the end of January, but it got out of control in March. But could we get to March? Could we at least get to February? Could we get to the Rumble on Sunday? We're 3 weeks into it. Everybody says they want and I I yell and scream it all the time. We want longer storylines. We 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 you know we we have patience, Vince McMahon. You know, we we have a brain in our head. You know, we do have remember we can we can function more than just a three-week period to a pay-per-view. Well, now you're getting a story that's going to last a while, and you're rejecting it three weeks in.
0: Hey, everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performance New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts.
1: Sasha Banks' birthday uh, today, so we wish her a happy birthday. Hot take: I
2: think Sasha Banks is a great wrestler. Yeah, I think Charlotte Flair is a great wrestler.
1: You know, you, how about this? Maybe there's even a possibility of sh- of Charlotte and Sasha celebrating the birthday together. You know, maybe Charlotte actually texted Sasha and said, happy birthday. Imagine I, what? What do you think is going
2: to happen in the space and time continuum when next time Charlotte and Sasha have a match and Charlotte beats Sasha clean in the middle? Oh, my God.
1: The outrage.
2: <laughs>
4: What'd you, what were you going to say, Ed? I was going to say, I was going to add to the conversation here. Sasha is so good. I think someone, someone out there should give her some sort of accolade or award, make her wrestler of the year for... Yes. All of her good work, right? And
1: and we, and we do thank we her that. for the video during the awards accepting the award maybe you know better video uh quality on her phone. But we we do uh, wish her a very very happy birthday and again congratulations bully for winning wrestler of the year in 2020 boy you know I get accused of being a uh, a Sasha hater which I I've, I've never on the air say I did not like Sasha uh, and, but you know but I'm a such a big Charlotte mark I love how people use the word mark uh, I'm a Charlotte mark I don't know what that means I, I guess that means I'm a very big Charlotte fan um, but but anyway uh, I voted for uh, Sasha to be a uh, wrestler of the year for 2020.
4: Hot take, so did I. <laughs> Ed? Here's another hot take. <laughs> the term mark, that that doesn't denote just because you like somebody doesn't mean that you must equally in the opposite direction hate someone else. So even if you were to be a Charlotte mark, it doesn't mean you have to automatically dislike somebody you know to the same proportion in the other direction,
2: right? Well, 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 sp- Speaking of being a mark, it kind of brings me to my to my next thought. And you're right, Ed.
1: By the way, but wait, really quick, Bully, before you okay. go on, because okay. I know you have a phone okay. to pick okay. with, with Gabby. Well, we were talking can, about marks, so I want to talk to Gabby. Yeah, but really quick, before you get to Gabby, can you define, you know, because a lot of wrestling fans like to use inside te- uh, terminology. Lingo. Yes. Can you describe exactly what a mark is and the perception in the wrestling world of a mark? Well, the word mark is an old carny term from
2: the old carnivals. A mark was somebody that could be taken advantage of. A, a mark is somebody that could be duped, have the wool pull over their eyes. Mm. And what does res- professional wrestling, when done the right do- way, do to you? It, 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 you know, it dupes makes, you. Yeah, it, it pulls it the wool you. over your eyes. It makes you believe. Thus, the people are in, in attendance are? Marks. Because they pay to have the wool pulled over their eyes. Just like people who paid to go see magicians. They're marks also. It's an old school carny term. It obviously has taken on this negative connotation of you are such a mark. I like using the word mark when it comes to my fellow wrestlers because like when a fellow wrestler is caught being a mark, I think it's more funny than anything else. Like, oh you're such a mark for yourself.
1: Well I the only time I use mark on this show is on Fridays when I'm talking to Mark Henry and I never refer to anybody as a mark and 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 I love it cuz I get called a Charlotte Flair mark because I'm a big Charlotte fan. I I don't understand I don't understand that. Like I don't understand why because I'm a fan of something that makes me a mark. Especially your explanation in the pro wrestling world what a mark is. That makes absolutely no sense to me. So if you're going to use the terminology, at least use the terminology in the right way. And this is one of those things, Bully. And we've had this conversation before. I st- I think that there's certain terminology and certain lingo, as you said, that fans should not use. Because it's for people that are actually working in the business, there's certain things that I don't say to Bully or to Mark or to Tommy because, obviously, it's, I think, crossing a line, but I digress. Now, Bully, you said that you wanted to say something to our very own Gabby. Well, speaking of Marks, um, Gabby, roll your eyes.
2: Don't roll your eyes. Because yeah. I don't like how that started, but sure. It doesn't matter what you like. So, <laughs> why was Shelton wearing his mask when he came out with the hurt business
3: last night. <laughs> As I just I think Shelton cares about safety. I think he was just trying to be safe and protecting his friends. He's the only so one in the business that off? cares. So then why did he take it off? I you would have to ask him. I think No, I'm asking was,
2: you. I'm asking the one in control of Shelton.
3: Listen, wow. I think Cedric's a little, you know, maybe one of those guys that he's not safe around. So, you know, he was standing next to him and he was like, I got to keep my mask on when Cedric's around. And then he was like, okay, you're not talking. I can take my mask off. That's what happened. It's all about safety, guys. He's very caring about safety. He's very careful? He's very careful. That's why he doesn't talk when Cedric interrupts him because he's going to snap that guy in half one day. And if he doesn't, I'm never talking to him again. Cedric's pissing me off.
2: What's up with your boy toy over there? Come on. What's going on over there?
3: I... Honestly. (laughs) No, lie to us. We're all marks. Lie to us. Yes. If I see Cedric interrupt Shelton and Shelton not do something about it one more time, he's blocked for me forever. Be a man and snap that guy in half. He's going to let Cedric walk all over him. Out of everybody in the hurt business, Cedric. Bobby, I get it. MVP's a good talker. You don't let him talk. Cedric's the new guy on the block. He doesn't come in and, and show you up, okay? Be a man, stand your ground, and snap him in half. Sorry. Pissing me off. Had to be I, said. I think the mask
1: thing wasn't really going to be that big of a deal if he didn't have the reaction. That he, it was the more about the reaction than actually wearing the mask. Because yeah, I think Gabby, I, I, at first when he came out with the mask, I'm thinking, wow, this is an awesome statement by Shelton, like coming out with the mask on. Hey, everybody wear your mask. Let's be safe. You know, we're we're almost at the finish line here. We're at the home stretch. Let's not get stupid now. Wear the mask, but it was more of the reaction of, oh shit, I forgot to take off my mask.
3: He was confident in it too. You know, he came yeah. out all confident with the purpose. <laughs> I was like, Oh, he's in retribution now. He's got a mask on. I don't I do <gasps>
2: Gabby, what was going through your mind when you saw him come out with the mask and then he realized in that split second, oh shit, what was going through your mind?
3: Yeah. I'm letting you know telepathically, I was screaming at him. That's how he knew to take the mask off. Cause I'm sitting here and I'm like, can you tell us the
2: words that were telepathically going through your brain?
3: Uh, idiot, take that mask off, you uh. stupid. Dumbass! Let's go! Let's go! Uh, I didn't say course. that. That's not nice. Yeah, don't say that. I That's said nice. okay. I was like, "Is he gonna notice? Is he gonna notice?" Okay, play it off, play it off, and then he didn't play it off. Yeah, guys, you—it's it, a tap dance. You got—you got to roll with the punches. You got—you got to improv, Shelton. Improvisation. You could so be safe. Is,
2: is it fair to say that if Shelton takes a back seat to Cedric again, he's going to get the ward treatment on social media?
3: Oh. It's I wouldn't even make a video about it because that's how angry I would be. He would just know
2: the big rip. He's
3: ripped. The, the rip is happening. It's going to be the rip heard around the world wow. without <laughs> the proof of the rip. He knows. Like I don't even have enemy. to say anything. He just knows. Wow. He just knows. Telepathically, he knows, guys. Don't think men don't know. They always know. I was Do you really think Greca knows? That's different. Bully guys know. You know that guys been,
1: know. Bully I've been married three times, so I I I, I, I think I know what a rip
4: You get this pain <laughs> in, in the back of your head. <laughs> Burning sensation.
3: Ed, Ed Ed might know, but I'm not sure. Bully definitely knows. Guys, it's right. just what are you what are you gonna do? Poor poor Shelton. I it almost is what think. it is. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to head do head. anymore. He was my sending father's a good watching message. with me, laughing his ass off, yeah. okay? Laughing, okay? At Shelton, this is, this is what my life has come down to. My dog fell asleep, can't even handle it. it. Nobody's was a positive
4: message. He was telling the world, I'm a strong, confident man, and I'm wearing a mask, and you should too. We're in a pandemic. Be safe, be cautious. I can rock a suit and a mask. See?
3: Yeah, yeah and every time I get on the mic, I get interrupted by somebody. And I don't do anything about it.
1: You Biggest pass, pet peeve. You pass by, I would think. You know, this is a live TV show. You, you got to be walking by at least a dozen people be, be, before you hit that entrance ramp. And every, single of- one, and every single
2: one of them is laughing on the inside <laughs> and not going to oh smarten my- them up just for that moment because you know they're dying at the gorilla position when that happens. That's the moment the boys live for because when that segment was over and they all got back to into the back, they were laughing their asses off.
3: I think it would have m- p- made sense and I would have popped if MVP looked at him because he's supposed to be the leader and ripped it off and was like, what are you doing you know what I mean like come on man get your shit together no he that's, do ima-
4: that. That, that's emasculating
3: let him take his no, own like MVP screams at Cedric and he's like the leader if anybody's gonna do it let it be MVP he's the one who put them together like come on man like that would have been funnier
2: but like, I don't ugh. think that's any more emasculating than what Gabby has done to Shelton for the past six months on this
4: show fair enough Barry it
3: doesn't do so does it to himself. I come on this show oh and I'm God. honest, okay. I almost entered the show this morning. You know, we get on early with a mask on, and I was gonna be like, "Oh shit, sorry, I forgot to take oh, this off." Oh
1: wow! Solidarity.
2: What'd you think of Randy? What'd you think of Randy Orton last night, Gabby? How'd he look? No mask.
3: Oh. I <laughs> said this. I almost tweeted this, but I was like, I can't. Randy Orton's still hot. Still hot. Burns on his face. <laughs> Extra hot because he's a little crispy now. I wow. still think he's hot. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry,
4: Gabby. How you do you prefer your ruin Randy? That man,
3: original recipe him.
4: or extra crispy?
1: <laughs> My
2: goodness. Yes. How do you you like them? Regular, medium, al dente, or extra crispy? <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Randy Orton cannot be ruined. It's just he's just a perfect specimen of a man. So burn his face all you want. As long as it doesn't scar, he's still fine. And I loved that segment with him and Alexa. I think that saved the show for me, that main event.
4: Can you be honest with us? When he gave Always that RKO to Alexa, you were yeah. a little jealous of her, right?
3: Yeah, a little. Not you fair. Now me... I got to be evil to get attention from him. I got to dye my hair black and go upside down and <laughs> scare people. I thought he was, he was normal. <laughs> oh guys would you, would you it's let, a rough would you, life i have
2: would you let randy rko you
3: i don't do i have to answer that that's the question i get that's an obvious answer
1: i'm just checking all right,
3: all right well into it
1: i mean well i mean it's got a, there's plenty of fish in the sea i mean we, bully we're gonna have to think of somebody else who would be a perfect match for for gabby
2: this is why we have to play the first ever busted open dating game with Gabby.
3: It has to- I think I got to hang up the wrestlers though. I don't think I I don't think I got I can date a wrestler. I'm over it. I get too invested in them watching them if I'm dating them and then I get embarrassed if something bad happens to them because now they're representing me. They're not just themselves anymore. Wow. Selfish. It's not selfish. It's not Listen. If you, if I'm hooking you to my carriage, you better represent what <laughs> if we're I'm doing. I'm
2: hooking you to yeah. my carriage, how about
3: that?
1: Wow, Here these
2: You should be words.
3: I, I,
1: I, I listen. I really thought the whole Wardlow thing was going to work out last week. I'm still kind of reeling from that. I still think there's a chance. It's not, th- it's not foregone. Yeah, I, st- I still think bully. That's that's up in the air. The Shelton thing, you know. And, it, and this is a knock on Shelton, too. And I'm not, I, I'm not one to get you know, to get invested in things like this. But if Shelton was listening to the show, this would be done because of some of the things that Gabby has said about Shelton. But on the other side, it's obvious Shelton doesn't listen to the show, and Gabby works on the show. So you know what? Shelton doesn't deserve Gabby. He doesn't even invest in the show to listen to it, to hear those words from Gabby. So to me, Shelton's out. Shelton's out. I bully Shelton's out and I'm the and I'm the one that signed up I'm a minister hoping to marry Gabby and Shelton and I'm saying right now Shelton's out She it is out
2: What if Shelton goes on social media and does the big rip? What if he rips up a picture of Gabby? And kicks her to the curb like Wardlow
1: did. He would never do that.
3: It would make him a better heel than he is right now. That's for sure.
1: And at least by ripping ripping the picture, he wouldn't have to actually say anything. He could just rip the picture.
3: He'd have a mask on so you couldn't hear him anyway.
1: Gabby, do you get nervous when he talks?
3: (sighs) I'm not. I'm not. Let's just... (laughs)
2: I do you can't. hold your
3: breath and pray for the best? <gasps> I'm like, we, we practiced this. I know what you're going to oh. do. Come on, man. <laughs> bully,
1: Get it together. It's, at, it's at the point, Bully, that I'm nervous for Gabby when Shelby goes <laughs> <laughs> I have I legit
2: have my phone in my hand ready to fire off just tweet text after text after text.
0: Hey, everybody, this is Fran Freshella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic buys it into Mickey, make somehow it goes in. Each week I talk with the players, coaches and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen from the Chores of Defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts.
1: Now, very compelling stuff when it comes to Randy and Alexa. And where is Bray Wyatt? Where is The Fiend? There's a lot going on there that I'm really into. And Alexa Bliss is is performing on another level right now. But I have to bring this up to you, Bully, because we talked about this last week. I was like, why did they have Alexa Bliss in the ring with Asuka? She's your Raw Women's Champion. You can do this with somebody else. And you said, hey, they wanted to make a statement that she can do this even to somebody like Asuka. And then they kind of did the same thing as last week this week. I, I Again, I like what they did with Alexa. I like what they did with Randy. I just don't know why they're doing it. With Oscar
2: as much as I enjoyed as I enjoyed the segment for the sheer entertainment aspect of it, is it easy for you or difficult for you to buy into Alexa Bliss giving that much of a competitive match to Oscar?
1: it it does bother it does bother me because again you mentioned it Alexa Bliss has been out of action for a while Asuka is your raw women's champion and then they and then they did the same thing as they did last week too it's almost like this match was a repeat of last week's match because what happened just like last week arena goes dark lights go on now there's this darker persona to Alexa Bliss darker gear the lipstick everything else and Asuka's shocked, like, oh my god, what do I? Do? Like, well, this happened last week too, so I don't know why you're so surprised. It's the exact same thing that happened last week, and just like last week, now that she's in under this spell with this, this different persona, she's no selling everything that's happening in the ring. So, like, Oscar gives her the kick, and Alexa Bliss completely no sells it. She feels no pain when she's under this spell. So exactly the same. As last week, except, you know, when Randy Orton comes in and gives her the RKO. Again, I don't mind them doing this. It's intriguing. I'm interested to see where this is going next. I just don't. I I can't fathom why they're doing this with Asuka. It makes no sense at all. Asuka is being the sacrificial lamb to make. Alexa look
2: extremely strong because if Alexa can block all of Ox Oscar's punches and kicks and no sell them. It adds credibility to how impervious to pain. Alexa's character is when she's possessed by the fiend. That's why they're using Oscar. I think it hurts Oscar the same way I talked about last week, how I believe cage looked weak in his match against Darby Allen I believe Asuka looks weak when this stuff goes on. I do believe it hurts the other entertainer, but because, as I said at the top of the show, of wrestling is now just becoming weekly programming that we're supposed to forget about the next week, nothing really matters, and we're all going to move on. I would much prefer to see it be with somebody else, but if the business of the night is getting Alexa over, if the business of the story is getting Alexa over to make her the most powerful then that's why they're using Oscar. Who's to say that the story see, a story like this, they can change it at any given second, and it'll make sense, because none of it really makes sense, because it's this sci-fi, horror, yeah. you know, you know, n- nothing really makes sense. It's like Jason coming alive for the tenth time, or Freddie coming back, or, you know, just miraculously happens. What's to say that Alexa is not possessed? by the fiend right now and that's why she is so impervious to pain the fiend is living in Alexa
1: and and that's uh, you know I agree with you I think that's what's happening right now but the other thing too is so you had the match between the two last week this week it's for the Royal Women's Championship and you get another you know non-finish in 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 the match so i mean does this lead now to a third match between Oscar and Alexa Bliss and if there is a third match between Oscar and Alexa Bliss, especially with this – person, I mean, Alexa Bliss has got I, – I, I, you could do this. I, I don't understand why it has to be with the title. The, the title is inconsequential here. Like, it's, it's more about Randy Orton than the title. You could do this story. It could be as compelling as it is right now, and you don't need to have the story. You could have Asuka defending that Raw Women's Championship against somebody that's capable that they could have a great match at at a pay-per-view. You you don't need the title in this storyline at all.
2: People are bitching and moaning because Charlotte came in and and is a tag team champion with Asuka, but they're not bitching and moaning that Asuka as the women's world champion is being the sacrificial lamb for Alexa Bliss. doesn't make sense.
1: Well, it makes sense to me. You know why? Because Charlotte is hated and Alexa Bliss is loved. Right. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Yep. Totally get it. Again, how doesn't it sound ridiculous when you actually put it into words and say it? Completely. People,
2: everybody that bitches and complains on social media about Charlotte should be screaming at the top of their lungs that, oh my God, Asuka is being buried. Asuka's being buried right now by the WWE. She's the women's world champion, and look at what's happening to her. This is so wrong. No, they're not going to say that because it's happening with Alexa, and we love Alexa. Come on, people. Well, they talk out of both sides of their mouth, so it makes sense.
4: Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open
2: from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156.
0: The Busted Open